Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. It's got all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip of the city. Should I need to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms. Got to be 21 and in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700 is the number. All right, some of the big names just getting their day started. Rory McIlroy with a par on one after he uh, misread uh, his uh, putt for birdie. And a little left, so we'll keep an eye on the Open Championship as the day moves along. I wanted to note two things in the uh, World Cup action, which did get started for us uh, very early today at about midnight West uh, Pacific time and uh, 3 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So the first of which is already a pretty big upset. Uh, yeah. So in one of the first matches, New Zealand goes out, gets a 1-0 uh, win over Norway. Norway closed at about minus 250 at multiple shops. Some spots open minus 314 on the three-way line uh, for Norway. New Zealand as high as plus 874 on the open. Closed at about 660, 670, so near 7 to 1. So a very big upset already at the start of group play for the women. New Zealand gets that 1-0 win. An identical 1-0 win for Australia as well. Uh, the news here twofold. First off, uh, Aussies were about a $2.10 favorite, so uh, at least... The result is what we expected, although I think the degree of the result, uh, a lot more, uh, I think a lot of people thought maybe that was going to be a little bit easier for them. But the news around the Australians is that striker Sam Kerr, who we actually talked about the other day with Drew Dinsick, who's about 7-1 to to win the Golden Boot, uh, most goals scored in this tournament, is going to miss the opening two matches of the Women's World Cup. So that includes the one that they just played. And, of course, the one coming up, uh, that would be July 27th against Nigeria, uh, suffered a calf injury in training ahead of the tournament. So they came down late yesterday, um, but a big blow for not only them, but again, when you're talking about top goal scorer, a big blow there, and it shakes up the market because that was one of the top options at yep. the top of the board. What's interesting about that, though, JVT, is I know why I just updated uh, updated these odds. Uh, you're, the, the top two, Alex Morgan and Sophia Smith, I don't think their odds changed at all from what we were looking at. The That's a good day. point. Because Kerr was, was plus 750, third yeah. on the list. You would think those two would get shorter at the top. 
Yeah. What is, do we have, do you have the entire list in front of you? I do wonder, I'd have to, we'll ask Paul Carr about this, you know, coming up later. Obviously two games is a pretty big deal. And especially two games, which, I mean, just judging, you know, I don't know about the power rating status of Australia, but judging by their power rating, probably going to be favored over uh, Nigeria in their matchup on July 27th. Um, Two opportunities to really score a lot of goals, but Obviously, you could still win this thing if you win your group, make a deep run. Do you wonder what the adjusted odds would be on her? Because you can't take her out entirely because she is coming back. 25 to 1 is what she moves back to. So, Alex Morgan, yes, was 4 to 1 yesterday. So, remains exactly the same. Sophia Smith does go from plus 650 to plus 600, but still not much movement there. Call more cow out in the rough all by himself. You, were, yeah, you made it, by the Kyle. way. I do have a first-round leader bet on him and Justin Rose, but they're okay. both off to bad starts as uh, well. You want to share your observation with this first tee with everybody else? Oh, I don't Just from the past few groups that we've seen tee off, everybody's gone uh, hit it right and far right. I think Rory, I didn't get to see his second shot, but I think he hit it so far right, he actually ended up having a decent lie because everything, everything was probably trampled down over there, yeah. and he was able to get up on the green and actually had a look for birdie. Yes, um... Seems to be playing all right. Five under, would you say five under? Rhyme's going, yep, right, going right here on, on two. two. Yeah, yep. all these guys having trouble. Yeah, so I do have, uh, what do I have pending here? I have Rose and Morikawa. The first round leader bets I made were Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim. Siwoo not going to get there. Morikawa, Justin Rose. And I told the guys downstairs, I, I, I think Hovland w- would be a def- decent bet. A lot of this stuff you can bet live. Um, you know, especially if you're over on the East Coast. I think with the conditions like they are right now, you're not getting much rain. The, the wind isn't isn't massive. If you're, I would look for a pure ball striker and just hope he runs pure with the putter here today. I actually think this uh, this five under could be beat by one of these guys here in the later wave. Golf talk. Golf talk. Our bosses love it. <laughs> uh, it's important. All right. It's a major. It's a major. We got to keep our eye on this thing. All right. With that, uh, coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk a little more Major League Baseball big picture. We'll talk with Joe Sheehan about uh, the New York Yankees and what we're expecting of them. Um, and maybe we'll go over a little bit of the results last night because we did get some series finalized. You know, Cardinals get a good sweep. Rangers sweep the Rays. So they're continuing to at least get off to a pretty good start here in the second half after stumbling into the All Star break, the Rangers, and keeping their distance from the Houston Astros, which is also a very big deal. And how about this? From last night, too, just a quick mention, the uh, Baltimore Orioles now tied for first place in the American League East with the Tampa Bay Rays uh, after they beat the Dodgers and the Rays, of course, get swept by the Texas Rangers. So with that, a lot of interesting NFL markets that are up. And as we get closer to the NFL season, there's different ways to approach these and have good conversations about them. And I I think this is one of the more interesting conversations that are out there, which is odds to have the fewest regular season wins, worst record. Last year, of course, the Chicago Bears um, get that honor, I think. Yeah, that's an honor. You got the first overall pick. You traded it for some stuff. So... Not surprising. Arizona Cardinals are your favorite to finish with the fewest regular season wins. They are sitting at two to one. The Buccaneers are at eight to one, as are the Houston Texans. The Rams are at nine fifty, which I am kind of surprised by. I get after last season and whatnot, and the injury concerns from Matthew Stafford, but they still got some stuff. I'm surprised the odds are that short. And then you get into the double digits: Commanders ten to one, Raiders twelve to one, Titans and Colts at fourteen to one, Patriots at fifteen to one. The disrespect, and the Giants at twenty to one would also stress shop around. So one of the teams that you and I both have bets on. Did you bet that too? 
Um, the Tennessee Titans. I've only bet two. I'm pretty sure me and you have shared both of them. You're right. Yeah. So like, if you shop around, like t- the Tennessee Titans were 21 to one uh, to have the worst record yeah. uh, in the NFL. If you can find that, you can uh, shop around. There was Circa who had that. I'm going to get the updated odds for you because since then they did get DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that would change much I checked, for you. I checked on it on the day of, and it didn't really change change at all. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you would think it's some shop out there. It probably. Uh, Got a, a little bit longer, but I, Jim, I don't know about you. I, I don't, I, my, the bet really doesn't change for me because the bet is, the bet is at some point Ryan Tannehill is not going to be playing this season and you're going to be hitting the restart button basically on this team. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the bet for me. So I don't really think that wh- whether it's, if, if you've got Levis out there starting games now, I don't really think it's going to completely change the course of their season, most likely in a positive direction, regardless if DeAndre Hopkins is there or not. So I, at 20 to 1, I mean, you're finding those kind of numbers on it. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. The Cardinals at 2 to 1. I don't even know if those odds are that far off, JVT. Like it is, the Cardinals roster is brutal. Like they are deserving to be the short shot uh, in this market. Uh, but man, I think there's a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of candidates. This is one of my favorite markets to bet, markets to bet every year. But I guess I think there's a lot of candidates you can find at longer odds that have just a good, almost just as good of a chance to have a terrible, terrible season. Yeah, and if you look in at some of the projections uh, for like a team like Arizona, because like generally with these kind of markets, I'm always asking like, all right, you know, I'll always start personally with. Should the team be favored? Like, should they be favored to this degree? Because clearly there's a gap between Arizona and the team there. Uh, They have, uh, by projected win totals, the 22nd easiest schedule, or what is that, the 10th or 11th hardest schedule uh, by that measure coming into next season. And, of course, no Kyler Murray to start the year. You don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back, because that's the thing, too. Why rush it? And uh, spots like the Superbook, have uh, lines that have, uh, for every single line, uh, weeks one through 18, they are projected at this point right now, the Arizona Cardinals, to be an underdog in every single game this season. The shortest number that they would catch would be that week 10 to 14 stretch, uh, projected to be a two-point underdog at home against Atlanta, three-point underdog on the road against Houston, and a -a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home against Los Angeles Rams. So on the surface, this looks like this is going to be a season in which the Cardinals, rightfully so, are in the driver's seat, essentially, for the la- the worst pick, or excuse me, the worst record in the National Football League, I this is one where I kind of find it actually kind of hard to poke a hole in this because oh sure yeah you know yeah because it, 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 it does look pretty bad. The roster is in really bad shape, despite Steve Kime going on Colin Cowherd show. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but like you know, Kyler Murray, it's a big pressure season for him. Like he tore his ACL <laughs> in December, bro, yeah. and you actually destroyed the roster with your moves. <laughs> right. I don't know what you're talking about. So this looks like a pretty bleak scenario for Arizona. But when you're talking about reasons that we made our bets, I'm looking at like the wide outcome of seasons for these teams. And I think more often than the market is saying, especially a 21 to one, a Titan season can go south pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of depth. There can be bad quarterback play that can start early. I get that Vrabel is the guy that maximizes his roster. It's why it's 21 to one and not like eight to one. But I have a feeling that this season can get pretty bad for Tennessee, and one of the worst outcomes could be worst record. And by the way, if you're in that range, you might be pretty motivated, Kelly, because it's a pretty good quarterback available at the top of the draft. Yep, yep, totally. Um, the uh, I mean, it would be interesting if they drafted. What would it be quarterback three years in a row then if they went that? But I, I don't hate on that at all. If you don't have the guy, go get the right guy. Um, 
I do think the, I do think I like the Raiders though even better. I, yeah. I like the Raiders better than the yep. Titans because I mean that that I think this Raiders team could end up being an absolute disaster this year, and there's a chance. I don't know how how you are, what your stance is on the Denver Broncos. I'm not I'm not in the camp of oh, watch out for the full bounce back season. But I think they're a playoff. Team. I think there's a possibility of that. And if you're talking that, then you're talking the Raiders are in an extremely tough division with a team that I don't think has a whole ton of upside. Yep, I uh, would completely agree with that. That quarterback depth chart, dude. Like razor's edge, man. If Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play, well, and Jacobs, Jacobs isn't showing up. Like, what yep. are you doing? Yep, I would uh, completely agree with that. All right, we'll take our break. Coming back, Major League Baseball with Joe Sheehan. We'll talk about uh, the trade deadline, what some of these teams are going to do, and what the second half looks like as we move forward for teams like the Yankees, who are in a little bit of a bad position after getting swept by a team like the Angels. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. Bro. <laughs> A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's a lot of stuff for use up on the website. One of the great things is, of course, the Picks at a Glance page. You can easily sort through picks. You can follow hosts and guests in their selections as well. And we have a top VEASAN experts leaderboard. You can check out the hot hand at the network. Introductory offer for everything we do at 19 bucks over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Check that out. Or make sure you check out, of course, our summer kickoff special, 175, everything we do through the Super Bowl. With that, let's talk a little bit of football. Real football. Women's World Cup, of course, underway. Uh, we had a pretty big upset earlier in the day, so let's uh, go over that and some news when it comes to injuries and more. Paul Carr is with us to give us some time to preview the Women's World Cup. Paul, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to start with, uh, first off, 
How shocked were you at the upset of the day a little bit earlier uh, where New Zealand were able to pull that off as a pretty big uh, underdog? Yeah, I mean, anytime you get your first World Cup win, and this is not New Zealand's first tournament, this is their sixth tournament, and they had not won in 15 games, that's a pretty huge deal. I mean, they're at home. Home team always gets a little bit of a bump at a World Cup, but still, this is a Norway team that I think some people thought might be a bit of a sleeper, uh, and it's a great win for New Zealand. So, yeah, big surprise out of the gate. It's a great way to start the tournament. Yeah, and uh, I was double-checking before. Maybe you'll know this off the top of my head. Uh, but when looking at some of the group odds, too, Norway was about a $3 favorite to win that yeah, thing. something like that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, at least right now. And then before, that was before the game, and New Zealand was 5-1 to one, uh, before that win. All right, the other bit of news, of course, uh, Sam Kerr. So she's going to miss Australia's first two games. Of course, one of those already played. Uh, they got a 1-0 win over Ireland. This, of course, affects the Golden Boot because she was about 750 or so uh, to win the award behind Alex Morgan, behind Sophia Smith. So walk us through the changes here on this board because Kelly and I were talking about this earlier. It's a two-part question. It doesn't seem like much has changed at the top despite the fact that Kerr is going to be out. And the second part, is there actually a shot that they should see uh, that maybe somebody could come back in and buy it like 25-ish to one even though she's missing two games? Um, I'll start with the second one. I don't think so for, okay. for Kerr. I mean, because – one of the things you need if you win the golden boot is you almost always need to pile up some goals in the group stage. Cause yeah. that's when you're playing easier opponents. And so she's losing a couple cracks at, th- at that. So I don't think there's any real value in her at 25 to one. Um, as far as the others, you know, it's a, you get such a short price on Morgan and Smith that I just don't think they can get a whole lot shorter. Uh, and it's going to depend a lot on this first game against Vietnam where you'd expect one or both of them to maybe pile up some goals. So I don't think it changes the whole picture too much. The one I like, and this depends a ton on your price. I think you have Alexander pop of Germany at plus 900 here where, where I've seen her this morning. I've also seen her as high as plus 1600 places this morning still. So if you can get her closer to that, I do like pop. I mean, she plays for Germany. They have a relatively weak group. I think she takes penalties, although that's a little fuzzy. And she scored every game for him at Euros last year that she played. So I think that's that's my play. That's the one I do have a play on, if you can get that price closer to plus 1,600. And speaking of Germany, uh, right now, as we still have these futures up, that is still a play worth making for you, right, Germany, to win the tournament? I mean, it always is for me. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, if you can get them at that, I'd say at least plus 700, then I think it's worth it. Um, they do have some injuries. Uh, Lena Oberdorf, one of their best players and midfielder is maybe a little dinged up, but like I said, they have a relatively easy group in Morocco, Colombia, South Korea. So they should still kind of cruise through the group stage and have some time to play their way into form and get healthy before they get into the knockout stage. Uh, they made the final of Euros last year and took England extra time. So this is, this is not like a long shot. This is the you know fourth betting favorite on the whole, but if you can get that plus 700 price or better, I do like Germany. All right, and the others, it might, I was going through over the last couple of days, everything that's offered at all these shops, my eyes are going across because there's so much that you can wager and, and wade yeah. into. Let's talk about some group wagers first. Uh, walk us through Denmark and why you would look at them at 850 to win their group. Yeah, so Denmark is the second favorite in the group. England is the second favorite in the tournament and obviously uh, the favorite to win the group. So if I want to talk down England, it's that, look, they started the same 11 players in all six games of Euros last year, which they won. Four of those players are not here. Three are hurt, one retired. Another, Millie Bright, is on the team, but a little sketchy health-wise right now. So England, not at full strength. Denmark has a lot of players from a lot of leagues across the world, the top leagues. Pernil Harder is the name to watch. She's their forward, one of the 10, 15 best players at the tournament, her first World Cup. Uh, This is plus 850, so it's obviously a flyer. But if they can beat England, you know, both teams should handle Haiti and China. So it kind of, we think, will come down to that England-Denmark game, which 
will be the second game of the group stage for them. So yeah, plus 850, I think, is a decent price. Uh, long shot for Denmark to win the group. All right, another two-part question, um, because you do have Nigeria, double chance, plus 260 versus Canada. That game is going to be later tonight, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that yep. does tie into Canada to lose in group stage at plus 230, but yeah. uh, walk me through what a double chance wager is as somebody who doesn't really do a lot of this in terms of football. Um, I was looking at that yesterday. I was like, huh, that's a pretty interesting market. Yeah, different books will call it different things. Double chance is kind of a fancy way of saying plus half a goal. Yeah. So, you know, the, sometimes the prices vary, which I never quite understood, but it's the same bet. Double chance means you get two different shots. You get Nigeria to win, you get Nigeria to draw. Okay. So I do like the Nigeria double chance against Canada in this game uh, tonight. Okay, and that ties into Canada. And uh, to lose in group stage would assume that means just lose a game yep. in group stage? Uh, to go out in the group okay. stage. Okay, all so right. To not advance. Uh, this Both these bets are fading Canada. Yeah. Uh, they're an older team. Uh, Christine Sinclair is the name that people might know. She's scored more international goals than anybody ever, male or female. Uh, but she's 40, so she's not the goal-scoring threat she was. They have injury issues. Janine Becky is out for them. Uh, some questions on the back line. Uh, not a Just not a very potent team from an offensive standpoint, and that obviously makes you more vulnerable to upsets. So I think that – I don't think they get out of the group. I think Ireland or Nigeria could. Uh, Ireland is the one way I would go, even though they lost to Australia uh, today. So yeah, Canada not to get out of the group or to go out in the group stage at plus 230, I like. And I like Nigeria on the double chance, getting a really nice plus 260. Uh, Nigeria is one of those, you know, high ceiling, low floor type of teams. They've got a, a lot of talent. They've got a lot of issues behind the scenes fighting with the Federation. But when they're good, they're really good. And I think they can give Canada a run for their money tonight. All right, let's shift over to tomorrow really quick. I want to get your best bets out before I ask you some other general questions about what we're looking at. Uh, tomorrow, 10 p.m. Pacific time for us on the West Coast, uh, the Philippines and Switzerland, and you've got to play uh, there. Well, these, these are tough games to handicap because yeah. this is kind of like a one versus a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament when there's this giant spread. I mean, the U.S., I think, is laying six, six and, and a half, half right? goals, yeah. which just sounds stupid. Um but they, this is coming because they beat Thailand 13-0 in the opener last time, yeah. four years ago at the World Cup. And remember, goal difference matters. It's your first tiebreaker. So if the U.S. wins this by a lot, it makes it easier. You know, a draw against Netherlands in the second game isn't the end of the world because you probably still have a tiebreaker edge. So this is more of a lean than a play. I would still lean toward the U.S. just because, I mean, you don't want to bet against them. Uh, the market I was looking for and couldn't find anywhere available for me, at least, was more goals total in the second half. Because that's when the U.S. just wears teams down mm. with their depth, with their fitness. Uh, Ten of those 13 goals against Thailand were in the second half four years ago. So that's what I would look for if you can get any kind of decent price on that. But yeah, if I have to pick a side here, I would still go toward the U.S. even laying a giant number. If so, in doing reading and research, it would seem that the narrative would be that this is a still a very good U.S. women's team, but that maybe the gap has shrunk in mm -hmm. between them and the rest of them. Is that accurately priced in the market overall, or are there ways to play yeah. against that? I think it's pretty accurately priced. Okay. You look at four years ago, the U.S. was like plus 150, maybe plus 200 to win the whole thing, and now they're in the plus 250 range, and England's not too far behind that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, plus 250 is not bad. I think, you know, if you're a fan of the U.S., you want to root for them. I don't think that's a terrible price to lay a little bit of money on to have fun rooting interest for the tournament. But yeah, the gap just every tournament gets a little bit closer. Uh, U.S. won three of their four knockout games by one goal last time around. So but U.S. is still the best team. They're just the margins, not yeah. quite what it used to be. All right. And the last one I have for you overall, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about top goal scorer. 
how do you handicap a Golden Glove, if at all? Because obviously, I, I was I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, that, that seems like a really hard thing to kind of handicap because you essentially want shots on goal, right? But then if you're giving up a bunch, then that kind of means that you're probably a team that's not playing well. How do right. you do that? I, I don't think there's a great way to do it. Um, I mean, generally, you just go like kind of who has the best defense okay. and, and a decent keeper. Uh, but you never know. Um, it's just, yeah, there's, I don't think there's a really great way. So much is circumstantial, the nature of the game. Uh, you know, I think the Dutch keeper won four years ago, even though, you know, Christina Endler from Chile was probably the best keeper, but they just didn't go very far. So I don't think there's a great way. That, and this is kind of a market. Again, this is not a black and white market, like the golden right. boot where it's number of goals you scored. This is uh, voted on by a technical committee. So yeah, something that's super subjective like that and can change so much you know, with one game, one save, you save one penalty and suddenly you're the favorite. Uh, I tend to stay away from those. All right. So I'll get my last question. Just a non, it's a viewing question. I was asking Kelly open championships underway. If he stays up all night and watches these things, what are the viewing habits for you during the women's world cup? Are you staying up? You power through? What's the, what's the plan? Uh, this is this is tough. So it's nice because the first two U.S. games are prime time. I think yep. it's eight central uh, where I am. The third one won't be. Ideally, that game doesn't matter too much. Uh, but then I'm going to have to start making hard choices. I think the first U.S. game, if they win the group, is in prime time as well. And then it gets really tough. So through one day, I'm in wake up and put on the replay and catch up mode or catch the go. end of a game if it's still going when I wake up. Uh, as we get deeper in the tournament and really the knockout stage, that's where I'm probably going to have to I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Do I stay up to like three to watch? Or do I wake up at five? There's there's no good answer here. Paul, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much for the time. Awesome stuff. You bet, JVT. At Paul Carr up on Twitter. You want to give him a follow there. It's always the, it's the best question with these kind of things. I'll have to ask the question when the FIBA World Cup starts in the Philippines for basketball. Totally. You got to yeah. you got to wonder what the schedule is going to be like. I'm with Paul, too. I'm playing it all by ear. We'll see. I'm down to ignore <laughs> my family. I think that's fine. Numbers game on v the sports betting network. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? If you drive too fast, you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another, speeding catches up with you paid for by NHTSA. Jonathan Von Tobel here on a numbers game last 30 minutes. I'm filling in for Gil Alexander today. Uh, really quickly, before we get back to baseball, any good golf observations that you would like to make? Justin Rose right now uh, with a putt for, is it par? He's at two over right now. I know yeah, that. Par, it's it's hard to see, but he is two over. Yeah, par on a par five. Needs to make this. And tracking. Oh, oh it lips out. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, that let's see. Tough. Your leaderboard update. Brought to you by Sean McCollum. Uh, let's see. We have Antoine Roser did finish with a birdie, so he got to four under par behind Lampert and Fleetwood. Okay. Um, and then it's Stuart Sink, Wyndham Clark in the clubhouse at three under. Brian Harmon's uh, – I'm on Brian Harmon watch because he's three under through nine. Do you have nothing on him? I've got nothing you, on you, him. You I, let out a uh, Brian Harmon get out of my life. Well, he's been uh, he's been playing good the past few weeks, and it's kind of a little bit out of nowhere. We're not exactly talking about – I mean, the things I talked about when breaking down and previewing this tournament, Brian Harmon doesn't fit a lot of the categories. Uh, he's not very long off the tee. Yes, he's accurate. That helps. But he, he doesn't have a lot of length in his game, so I'm pretty impressed with what he's doing right now. Um, you've got him at three under. He's still on the course. 
Uh, let's see. Matthew Jordan, Jordan Spieth, Siwoo Kim all in the clubhouse at two under. And then you have Joaquin Neiman at two under through six. I do have an outright on him. So hopefully he keeps going. Just not too fast, JVT. You know, I don't want right. to do, do the uh, Joaquin Neiman steal my first round leader money when I don't have a first round leader bet on him. That wouldn't be good. Uh, and he is, uh, let's see, two under par. There's also Adrian Otugwe. Two under par. Sorry, Adrian. I'm sure I butchered your name there. He's four, uh, through 14 at two under. You got a bunch of guys one under par as far as live odds. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood at the top of the board right now, plus 650. JVT, pro golf handicapper. Scotty Sheffer, seven to one. Roy McElroy, plus 750. John Rom, 14 to one. Terrell Hatton, 18. Spieth, 18. Wyndham Clark, 18. And then we just had a big shift. Xander Shoffley, 22. Cantlay, 22. Hovland, 28. Brian Harmon, 30 to 1. Uh, live if you wanted to get in on that. Live first round leader odds. Fleetwood and Lamprecht both plus 140. Harmon, 14 to 1. Neiman, 18 to 1. Hatton, 25 to 1. And then it drops down to 45. An observation here the wind seems to be picking up a little bit. At least uh, I, I'm observing more moving parts on these guys, like the gloves hanging out of the back pocket, moving around uh, while they're trying to get uh, while they're trying to line up their shots. It does seem more windy, and I will say, as watching some of these guys early, you know, some of the dudes who are, are in the early parts of their round right now, mm-hmm. so obviously part of the late window. Um, not some great scores early on for some of these guys, right? Like a lot of dudes, there are at least five to five to seven to nine holes in some indications are all just at even. Uh, there's quite a few guys that are a little bit uh, later in their rounds that are about one over or so. It does seem that maybe the course is playing a little bit harder here in this late window. Is that a safe observation? Yeah, there's a chance. I, I don't really know why it would. Um, I, I guess there's a chance. Maybe the sun is baking out these greens a little bit. Maybe they're a little faster than what these guys were practicing on just because it's been, it's been bright and sunny. Basically, the entire day right. over there, really no rain at all. Um, the wind, though, is it's kind of what we expected, JVT. I mean, this is five, I mean, we get five mile an hour prevailing winds, westerly prevailing winds. Thank, right. thank you for whoever tweeted that in yesterday. I forgot who it was already. I think Scotty. Um, prevailing winds five mile an hour. So, you're only talking about the winds right now are like 10 miles an hour out of the northwest, 10 to 12 mile an hour out of the northwest. That really wouldn't be. That's not an abnormally high number for a PGA Tour event, for an Open Championship event. It's it's definitely not a big number, but just keep in mind how flat this course is. It's right up against the ocean, so you're going to feel every bit of that 12 miles an hour where you might be playing. We might see 12 miles an hour at, at – uh, a course in the States where there might be a billion houses and it might be in the middle of a city or something, right? right where buildings are going to help block that wind and stuff. But so they're going to, they're, they're feeling every bit of the wind right now, but it's not, it's not a lot going on right there. Right. And like to your point too, about like these things getting baked out, you know, I was watching like Scheffler. I mean, it seemed like he was getting some pretty good run on some of those tee shots in the fair. Like there was a couple that he added like a good, like 10 yards on it. So mm-hmm. It's not like I don't think there would be a, a massive difference. I mean, you see right now, I don't know who this is, Lagoska. Uh, Ramon Langus. But, um, yeah, but you see the way the wind's whipping him around a little bit in terms of yeah. um, the outfit. So maybe it has picked up a little bit because, like, again, we're watching on TV, but I'm just observing more in terms of wind, which I was not seeing this morning when these guys were playing. So maybe it is picking up and throwing some guys off, but it's been pretty surprising well, to watch. I, I hope you're right, and I hope it does. I hope it gets way worse. Just, well, I, I'm, I'm that's down the point, the right? Second, yeah, the first round just end right now. If you've I'm got a Fleetwood, if you've got a, a, a Lamprecht uh, yeah, first-round leader. I might be saying his name wrong for two hours. I haven't, I haven't heard it. There is um, there is some nut who's got a first-round leader on him, right? 
Uh, probably. And before everybody asked me what the odds were on him, I have no idea, but right. probably 200-ish to one. Whatever the, the one thing to keep in mind, whatever his first-round leader odds, they're way shorter than whatever his outright odds were because there's a chance, right? There's always a yeah. chance you could put one re- fluky round together right. and go low. So that's where you always see, like, you know, the Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, their first-round leader odds are longer than what their full tournament odds Correct. are because you expect the top talent guys over four days to be able to put it all together. Sample size, baby. Sample size theater. But small sample size theater will give you some uh, wild results. All right, Rory. Rory's had a wild round so far. Through five, he's even par. Oh, so he dropped one because he was one under, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was, what, also one over at one point, I think? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's been all over the place for the most part. Set himself up right here. That's a par three. He's yeah, he went three. he went birdie on two, okay. bogey on four, parred the par five fifth. Okay. All right. Makes sense then. Makes sense. All right. We'll see if he's got something. He's got about like a 20-foot-ish putt for uh, birdie right now on this par three. Again, Lampricht and Fleetwood at five under your leaders at this point right now. And as you noted, the bad juju will follow me. I have an outright on Tommy Fleetwood, but nothing on the first round. So hopefully my guy. If I get my two guys, Kelly, my FOMO guys, I got a master's ticket on Mott's when he won it, 50-1. to one. I can get my boy Fleetwood. I'm running out of guys. If my guy Fleetwood could pull this off, who's going to be my next dude? I don't know, man. Yeah, you've been, you've been all over Fleetwood, man. Got to give you credit. Got to I mean, give you nothing's credit. Nothing's going to happen. And it's not like I had some foresight. It was just like, hey, I bet Fleetwood a lot, and I just don't want to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was I not like you. it was one of those where it's just like I like ever. I, I always say it. Go back to the Shinnecock U.S. Open, and I had him there, and he loses it out by a stroke, and set, like nearly set a course record, and he, since then. He's been like now. Now he is the white whale. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, I, and for me, I've been betting him a lot this this year yeah. too, especially over the past few months because he's been playing so well. But man, I had to cut out the outrights on him because it's just yeah. it, he he cannot win well, over in the U.S. And, and here's the thing, and as you know this, you watch more than I do, and being you know a casual fan of his, I my worry is he has rounds in him like this all the time. Yeah, like a five under round where he comes out and, and his guns are blazing. Now usually it happens on like Saturday. And then Sunday right, just kind yeah, of falls yeah. off, and you don't really hear from him. So the fact that this happened early, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that he got the good round out already. Because generally, that's what you get from Fleetwood. You get two like par rounds, like just you're floating around. Yeah, even. there's a 73 or 74 waiting yep. out for him, uh, waiting for him tomorrow or Saturday. Exactly. I'm with you. Yes. Exactly. That's generally what you see from Tommy. Uh, <laughs> all right, really quick, a couple more baseball games to get to uh, because we do have some fascinating uh, contests that's going to be later. I wanted to move to San Francisco and see uh, Cincinnati if we could. You know, we mentioned this with Sheehan, the fact that Cincinnati has fallen on some hard times they lose that series to Milwaukee before the break they lose coming out of the break to the Milwaukee Brewers so they have fallen out uh, by about two and a half games in the NL Central Uh, but of course big matchups here big series here as you're playing the San Francisco Giants and looking to make some headway in the wild card race we have seen I saw it overnight here on the screen of minus 125 in favor of Cobb and San Francisco this is now as you see here essentially a pick minus 108 reds and other spots are as high as minus 115 Kelly so uh, a big market swing in favor of Abbott and the Cincinnati Reds and haven't seen a pitching change so I don't think that's it what's interesting as well here is Again, as somebody who handicaps it this way, and if this price continues to climb on the Giants, I'll be in on San Francisco and Cobb today only because Abbott does have the indicators of a guy that, hey, look, man, maybe getting a little lucky. Through eight starts, 47 and two-thirds, 245 ERA, but a 362 expected ERA and a 459 expected fielding independent. Those are all the indicators for somebody like me that is looking to play, potentially play against some overvalued guys, and it might be that, that, that Abbott is being played by the market. But And that's the thing because – Generally, what I'll see, Kelly, is 
you'll see the market move in like those differentials that I'm looking at for the most part. Not the case here. So I feel like maybe I'm missing something with Abbott, but the numbers would tell me that Abbott potentially could be an overvalued dude. But maybe the market is pretty high on the Cincinnati Reds team overall. They were kind of a darling for the most part, but I think they kind of showed their true colors in that series in Milwaukee. Cobb, on the other hand, if you look at the way uh, that he's been pitching this year, 282 ERA, 327 expected. So he has actually been exactly what you kind of expect here and been pitching extremely well. Last two starts. Actually, we'll go to last four. Two earned runs or fewer in each of them has gone pretty deep in the last two for him, six innings. Cobb's in a pretty good form. And the fact that if we're going to get plus, you know, if you're going to give me more than even money on the Giants, if we're going to get to like plus 110, which it looks like we're getting to, Giants will be a play on the card later tonight for me against the Cincinnati Reds. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But was pretty surprised to see this market move. That's another early start. We started 45 minutes. I like it. All right. Yep. We're going to do it. <laughs> Let's track some stuff here. Come on. We got to get some stuff in. All right. We'll, we'll take our break. We wrap it up. We got our last 10 minutes. We got plenty left to get to before we head out. Make sure you missed out on anything with Paul Carr. Uh, awesome, awesome conversation. Check yeah. that out at vcin.com as we look to head to the Women's World Cup, which got started today. So vcin.com for that and everything we have to offer. Check out that summer kickoff special. Man, you, it's a last chance. I'm telling you, it's a last chance you get. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 